You're listening to the Hidden Battles Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by HiddenBattlesFoundation.org in partnership with Swim With The Mission. You can find them on swim.org on the internet. Welcome to the Battlecast. Is out and about. Uh, he's at some type of a concert, uh, and Ice Mike is away in training. So I am flying solo in the studio tonight. I do have a special guest uh, coming on later on, uh, named Ricky Johnson Jr. Who will be calling in from uh, North Carolina probably in the next five to ten minutes, and we'll uh, hear his story. Um, you can listen online at 980wcap.com. Or download the Simple Radio mobile app by Streama Inc. Um, so, yeah, we'll uh, get the party started here. I'm going to uh, kind of hit the, some sponsors right off the bat. Um, starting tomorrow, so Thursday, August 24th, doors open at 6 p.m. at Operation Delta Dog at 19G Clinton Drive in Hollis, New Hampshire. Uh, in partnership with Hellfish Haven and Operation Delta Dog, uh, we're hosting a massive game night and uh so round up your friends come play some games spend time with veterans dogs um and it's a great it's a free night uh it benefits um all of the foundations you get to meet you know people from hidden battles people from hellfish haven and then the people from delta dog so that starts at 6 p.m if anyone is interested um it's a great uh mission that uh that uh, Mike has going there, and uh, we're super excited to uh, to be part of it. And if you're really, really lucky, you can come and play Mario Kart with Mike and most likely beat him, but we will see. Mike, I heard, is uh, pretty good. Uh, and that's Mike Geary from uh, Hellfish Haven. We also have Paint and Sip tomorrow night at Hammer Studios in Drake at 1934 Lakeview Ave which is at 5.45 tomorrow night. So there are still tickets available. Check us out on Facebook uh, at Hidden Battles Foundation, and we will go from there. Um, I do have a couple sponsors that I want to just uh, plug real quick, and that way, uh, we, as soon as Ricky calls in, we can kind of hit the ground running. So, of course, uh, we're in partnership here with Jandar Credit Union, uh, which is Lowell-based right here in Lowell. Uh, you could check them out at jdcu.org. From great rates and products for all lifestyles to a culture of care and community that empowers all members, Jandar Credit Union is a credit union that grows with our members. Again, check them out at jdcu.org. And then, of course, we have John from Custom Ironcraft. You can check them out at customironcraft.com or call them at 978-828-5700. 8-1. Whether it's residential or commercial, Custom Ironcraft Inc. offers 20 years of welding experience. They can suit any of your ornamental iron working needs from gates, fences, railings, to even decorative vine trellis. Um, they also do custom-made back drag blades for plows. Obviously, the snow season is among us, even though we don't want to admit it. Uh, so definitely uh, reach out to them. Estimates are always free. And call them again at 978-828-5781. And if we could, Cindy, can we just grab the Swim With The Mission? Swim With The Mission is proud to support Hidden Battles Radio. Hi, I'm Phil Taub. My wife, Julie, and I started Swim With The Mission to support our veterans. 
Our freedom is not free and it comes at a heavy price. There are too many veterans in our community struggling in silence. Please check us out at swam.org, S-W-A-M.org. And if you know a veteran that is struggling, I hope you will call the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline at 988 and push 1. Phil, thank you so much for that message. Again, a huge partner of ours, Swim with the Mission. You can check them out at swam, S-W-A-M.org. And, of course, you know, I don't have Scott uh, leading the reins here tonight, so I forgot our magic numbers. And that one magic number, or I should say two of them that you should really memorize, is 988. It's a suicide and crisis lifeline. It's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week in multiple languages. Uh, if you need to uh, make that phone call, go ahead and do it. They will provide you whatever support they possibly can. And if you're in immediate crisis, dial 911 for emergency medical services. And don't forget the compact deck for all you veterans. Um, and that where you can go into any of the local emergency rooms or VAs and be seen for that. Um, so Ricky's going to be calling in here momentarily. He uh, resides down in North Carolina. He's originally from Missouri. Um, and he's a public speaker that travels throughout the country sharing his uh, various experiences. And he's going to end up talking to us tonight about what those experiences are. Um, just a little overview about him. He is a Marine veteran for five years. Uh, he was in the Marine Corps as a fueler, I believe. And um, he is a three-time convicted felon of you know, methamphetamines as well as uh, DWIs. And he does not hold that back. He'll be talking about you know, how he got to that point. But he's also a father of a... Uh, his son's name is Landon, and unfortunately, Landon took his life um, not too long ago. So we're going to hear from Ricky about the uh, the you know tragedy of uh, his son taking his life. Ricky, you there? Yes, sir. How you doing? I'm good, Ricky. How are you? Good. So again, as I uh, was just telling everybody, uh, you're in North Carolina, correct? But you're originally from Missouri. Yes, that's correct. All right. And you were, did five years in the Marine Corps. as a, Was it a yeah. uh, fueler? Yes, I was a 1391 uh, bulk fuel specialist, um, air wing Marine. Awesome. And, uh, you know, Ricky, uh, you and I met, I can't even remember how many years ago now, but it was at a uh, baseball game, if I remember correctly, part that uh, Swim with the Mission and the uh, different veteran organizations put on up in New Hampshire. And, you yeah. know, uh, meeting you was definitely a, it was a, obviously a life-changing experience for me and for Hidden Battles, uh, just because, you know, of uh, hearing your story. And if you don't mind, I'd like to just kind of jump right into it here. Um, sure. I mean, I know that you're very open about it. You talk about that you've been convicted of uh, multiple felonies a couple times. And yes. um, in the process as well, you've also lost your son, Landon. Uh, to suicide. Mm -hmm. So just kind of uh, let's start off with your story. Yeah, well, I'll, um, I'll, I'll give you the, the meaty portion of it because it'll probably take me, you know, 35, 40 minutes to uh, go through the whole scenario. But um, just a quick rundown of, you know, who I am, where I come from, and um, how I got to where I'm at today. Um, I'm originally from southeast Missouri, from a small town. Um, grew up with both parents, uh, middle-class, hardworking people. Um, 
but the reality is I was exposed to substance use as a kid, um, alcoholism. Um, I lost both my parents to alcoholism at a young age. My mother was uh, 49 and my dad was 54. Um, when I say I was exposed to alcohol, um, I was raised in the bars with my dad, uh, my biological father. It's just part of the culture of where I'm at, and it was uh, it was acceptable. Um, they used to let me taste the alcohol when I was a young kid, you know, like four, five, and six, you know, taste of, taste of beer. Um, I don't blame them for the choices that I made. Um, everything that I've chosen to do in my life, every charge that I've been convicted of, I was 100% guilty of doing. I don't I don't make excuses and I don't point the finger. Uh, but those things as a kid um, had a very traumatic impact on my life. Um, also, as a small child, um, I was violated sexually. I was molested uh, by a family member. Anybody that's listening tonight that has gone through that, um, I can't say that I know how you feel, but I can definitely relate. That also um, impacted me traumatically as well. Uh, in high school, I was uh, I was athletic, made good grades. I think I was pretty well liked by my peers. Uh, the summer before my senior year, my son was born. Um, I was 17 years old, very young. I was a boy having a baby, and I thought I was a man, and I needed some some structure, some guidance, some discipline, so I joined the Marine Corps. Um, you know, as Marines, were very extreme, obsessive, and competitive individuals, and, you know, I had substance use into the mix. It was a perfect storm for me. You know, it about killed me, but what the Marine Corps um, instilled into me, you know, the ability to, imp- you know, the, the ability to improvise, improvise, adapt, overcome, and not give up, and that's probably what saved my, saved my life down the road. You know, as you mentioned, um, I was a I was an airwing marine. Never saw combat. Never was deployed. Um, the most intense battles that I ever fought were with myself. Uh, discharged. Uh, returned back to Southeast Missouri, where I'm from, and I had good intentions to be, you know, a good father to my son. Be the father I didn't have. Uh, my biological father. <clears throat> he wasn't a bad man, uh, but he was just in and out of my life to his own struggle. Um, and I was never mad at him. The only father that I really knew was my stepdad, and he's a good man. Um, he's, we're still we're close to this day, and a lot of who I am today is because of how he raised me. Um, a very transparent part of my story is if I told you that I made my son a priority, I'd be lying to you. Um, my priority was methamphetamine, alcohol, pills, and criminal activity. Uh, that came before everything, including my son. Uh, my son, he saw me get high on meth. I let him get high in front of me. Um, I would take him with me on drug deals. You know, on multiple occasions, my son saw me so intoxicated on alcohol and pills that I was covered in my own urine. Uh, I know it sounds very toxic and twisted and disgusting because it is. You know, my way of thinking at that time in my life was very backwards. Um, I had so much shame and guilt as a, as a father that I couldn't tell my own son no, and I would let him, you know, I would let him partake in these things in front of me. Um, I was not some successful drug dealer if there's such a thing. You know, I was a nickel and dime thief stole from people, lied, and I manipulated and I deceived. Um, and, you know, part of my criminal history, as you mentioned, I'm also a, a three-time convicted felon uh, for methamphetamines and DWIs. I've done some time in prison. I spent five years on felony probation. Um, currently, I paid into the state of Missouri close to $20,000 in fines and court costs and also attorney fees. Uh, and Chris, if you've been following me on social media, you know that um, this past July, um, before I get to that, in the past 26 years that I could legally drive, I've not had a driver's license for 18 of those years. Uh, my my last DWI, I lost my license for 10 years, which is currently 11. Uh, last month, I, I was able to return back to Southeast Missouri for my final court appearance, uh, where I was deemed no longer a threat to society, and I've been approved to 
pursue pursue getting my drivers my driving privileges after 11 years. So, you know, out of all the things I've been able to accomplish in my life, that was pro- it's probably one of the ones that uh that means a lot to me just because of how much uh, commitment it's taken me to get there. Um, you know, I, during that time of my life when I was making the bad choices, um, I was in and out of jail, you know, with the prison treatment facilities and all the chaos that comes with that. And I ended up homeless. Um, my stepdad and I was living with him, divorced twice. Um, I had done lost, you know, everything multiple times. And my stepdad got sick of my mess and he put me out. He said, listen, Ricky, he said, you won't stop stealing. Uh, you're a terrible example to Landon, my son. I wouldn't keep a job and stay sober. And, um, you know, like I said, he put puts me out. Uh, when I say that I was homeless, I was not like the guy living under a bridge holding a sign. Um, I was I was a leech. I was couch surfing and using people. And I ended up in a rescue mission. Um, and that rescue mission, the transition took place in my life. Uh, that's where you know, I'm not the most uh, religious person, but I'm very I'm very spiritual. And what I always share with people is, you know, a religious man fears hell and a spiritual man comes from it. And in that rescue mission, for me, it was like the material walls collapsed and the spiritual world awakened. And I had three changes of clothes in my name, and that was it. You know, everybody was done with me, rightfully so. Um, they showed me some tough love, and I needed it. And in that rescue mission, you know, I just I humbled myself to making a change. And, you know, I, pr- I prayed to God. I was like, God, if you get me out of the pits of hell, I'll always give back to the next man. Um, I'll never doubt you when things don't go my way. And I'll always give you credit when I'm blessed. And in that rescue mission, you know, I crossed paths with an angel. Uh, she's now my wife. Uh, my wife was... Um, working at a, at a at a at a building down the street from the rescue mission that I was staying in, we crossed paths one day, and it was like God. It was like God brought us together. You know, meeting her um, changed everything for me. Uh, she believed in me, saw something in me that I didn't see, um, and it motivated me to be the best uh, possible man that I could be. Um, I always tell people that, you know, I'm, I'm married way out of my league. Uh, my wife's got two master's degrees, and I've got three felonies, so. Uh, we're like the yin and the yang. Uh, we balance one another out. Um, this was the point in my life uh, when I experienced my son's suicide. Um, you know, my life was taking off. I was I was in college using my GI Bill, uh, making the dean's list. You know, repairing relationships, gaining the trust back of of my fam- you know, my, my my dad, my community that I terrorized, and you know, I was I was finally able to be the father to my son that I neglected being for so long. Um, but you know, all that time that I spent worrying about what Ricky wanted, what I needed, my addiction, criminal activity. You know, I neglected my son. Um, you know, I was a father that uh, I would tell my son, I love you more than life. I'll do anything for you. But my conduct proved that I was a liar. You know, I would continuously put, you know, substance use, other people. Uh, Chris, I would even, you know, shamefully I and mean, regretfully, I would, even other, I would even put, you know, other people's kids above my own son. Uh, the message I was sending to him uh, was these people in this life mean more to me than spending time with you. Uh, my son felt like he didn't have any worth or value. On December 12, 2015, he was 18 years old. Um, he went to a city park and he hung himself. He took his own life. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a bitter individual. I don't blame God. And I'm not mad at my son. Um, the way that you know, obviously, it devastated. I mean, it still does to this day. Uh, but the way that I choose to look at it was my son's death killed me, but inspired me. It inspired me to be a better person. Um, you know, every single day when I leave my house, I'm very aware of how uh, my conduct uh, can impact impact somebody in a negative or positive way. And that's my son's suicide was that's probably what you know it probably encouraged me and inspired me to uh, 
pursue the path that I'm, that I'm on now. So, you know, in a nutshell, that's that's a big piece of my of my past. And you know, there's there's some other things we can talk about as well. But that's kind of you know who I am for the most part. Yeah, you know, and as you said, you turned your you know your tragedy into an inspiration um, with yeah. Landon's death and. Uh, with, you know, your three felony convictions, turning your life around. And I did see that post on Facebook because I follow you religiously all over the place um, and seeing everything that you're doing. And obviously, uh, you and Julie, um, who's your wife, for those who don't know, have, you know, built a great life together. Uh, you're supporting one another, which is huge. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, um, it's really inspiring for a lot of people. Um, and especially, you know, for anyone who's listening tonight who thinks that, you know, they can't turn their life around or anything else. I mean, you just heard Ricky say that in with his three felony convictions, with his 11 years of not being able to drive, um, now he's getting his driver's license back that he's able to. And, you know, they don't consider him a threat to society. He's been doing tons of speaking engagements with military, law enforcement, um, and different clinical aspects. Is that correct, Ricky, as well? Yeah, I, sp I speak, you know, I speak everywhere. I speak at high schools, prisons, jails, churches, um, military installations, veteran population, uh, you know, basically any, pretty much any demographic that you can think of or any kind of venue I've, I've spoke there. So that's, that's kind of, that's the benefit of what I do. There's no, um, I don't have any red tape that confines me to a specific area, like only speaking to veterans or only speaking at high schools. And that's because of my, that's due to my lived experience. And so it's, it's such a broad, I have such a broad reach with that. You know, when I, when I speak at places, you know, even if the person I'm speaking to can't relate to what I'm going, what I've, what I've gone through, or what I talk about, they know somebody that has. So, um, you know, usually wherever I go, I'm able, I'm able to connect and get on whoever's level uh, that I'm speaking to or speaking with. Awesome. And, uh, you know, for anyone who's out there listening that might have any questions for Ricky or whatnot, uh, the Milltown Plumbing, Heating, Air Conditioning, and Electric text line is open. That phone number is 978-454-4980. Again, 978-454-4980. You can text in any questions uh, that you're interested in potentially asking Ricky. Um, or giving any um, you know comments or compliments to him uh, in regards to his journey that uh, obviously he has gone on. Now, Ricky, uh, one question that did come in while we were uh, chatting and while you were giving your story sure. is people wanted to know, with Landon's um, death, was there any signs that you could tell uh, that brought him to a breaking point? Yes, great question. I get, and this is something that I share publicly every time I speak. Really, um, my son was in um, a very dark, depressed state for several months. Okay, he was extremely depressed. He'd been to a um, he'd been to a facility to to get help. Um, you know, I spoke to my son on the phone seven hours prior to his death. On the phone, he seemed happy. He was calm and content. Um, he's, you know, I love you, Dad. I love you too, Landon. He, our plan was he was going to come live with my wife and I. Uh, Land, my son was not my wife's son. He was Land was my wife's stepson. But anyway, he was going to come live with us. You know, looking back at that phone call, these were all red flags. And what I mean by that is this: um, my, there, there were extreme behavior changes. Uh, my son cleaned his room, which was something he never did. And he wrote me. He he left me a letter, and he left my dad a letter, which obviously obviously wouldn't find that till after his death. But the, you know, cleaning his room was a behavior change. 
looking back at that phone call with him being happy, content, and calm, um, he knew in his mind that he was going to take his life. He knew that he was not going to hurt anymore, and he was at peace with that. Obviously, when our own flesh and blood is thinking of self, you know, obviously when it's your flesh and blood, it's you don't really it's, those signs are hard to see. But looking back, those were major red flags. So am I saying if somebody goes from an extreme behavior change of depression to happiness or happiness to depression, um, am I saying that they're thinking of self-harm or suicide? Absolutely not. But it's something to pay attention to. So for I, what, I, what I always share with people is if you see one of your peers or, you know, whoever going through that extreme behavior change of depression to happiness or happiness to depression, it doesn't take a lot of effort to text, call, or approach somebody and just be like, hey, brother, hey, sister, you know, I just want to check on you. Is everything Okay. Uh, that simple interaction could be the matter of saving their life in the moment or, you know, in general. And, you know, we all need to feel like we matter to somebody and we all have the need to be heard. Um, you know, what I always what I always say to people is uh, to be therapeutic, it doesn't mean you have to be a therapist. Uh, be be willing to be present with somebody, be willing to sit with them and just listen to them. Um, and that's, you know, we're, we're not trying to be fixed. We just we, we most of us know what our problem is and. Just to have somebody to listen to us and validate what we're going through and not downplay it and just be like, hey, brother, it's, I, it's understandable you feel that way, you know, and, and just let them know that you're there for them. And that that, uh, that does a lot for people. Awesome. And, you know, an, another question came in as you were talking in regards to the signs and, uh, that, you know, Landon presented was, yes. you know, with your three felony convictions that you had, any time mm-hmm. over that span, uh have, did you contemplate, you know, hurting yourself? Oh, great question. Yes, often. Um, my son was what kept me alive. The thought of, uh, you know, the thought of leaving him behind, and him, you know, been putting that upon him. But yeah, I was. And Chris, great question because when my son took his life, people often ask me like, "Did you ever contemplate going back to your prior life?" And the answer was no. And what I tell people this, and I mean it, you know, I would rather be dead then returned back to the life that I lived prior to my son's death before meeting my wife. Cause it was a living hell. You know, it was, it was a brutal life. And, you know, um, but going, when I was in the bot, when I was at the bottom of where I was at, I, I was, I felt helpless, hopeless. Um, and, you know, in my mind, I was, I mean, I, I, I wanted to die. I mean, I was, I was pretty much living that way anyway, because I felt like I didn't have nothing to lose. And I really didn't, um, you know, uh, as far as, you know, um, physical things but I, you know my son was what kept me alive you know but you know I lost him in the process but through you know through his death it inspired me to to be who I am today yeah absolutely and you know you also channel all of that energy and the passion that you uh have to go out and you do you know the push up uh, the 22 push up uh challenge yeah. if you will um mm-hmm. and you do that a, a a couple times over the course of a year no, what I what it is is um, every time every every whenever I speak at like prisons, jails, high schools, or with the when I speak on Camp Lejeune a lot to the Marines or any any um, environment like that, you know what I speak about is very heavy. And um, at the end of it, I try to I try to end on a positive note with some 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 camaraderie and to encourage. I always want to encourage people to compete. You know, don't be afraid to compete because that's a big part of you know that's a big part of who I am. What I share with them is, you know, I'm willing to expose uh, my entire life in front of complete strangers, risk embarrassment and humiliation uh, to inspire one person and gain confidence. So when I when I ended with this push up competition, it's it's been fun, 
but there's a there's a reason behind it. And by doing it, you know, I always, you know, I always um, I get donations for candy bars, and I'll, I'll award everybody in the audience a candy bar or whatever I have. Um, and you know, I, and I get I get asked often, you know, have you been beat <laughs> doing the push-ups? And yeah, I've been beat before, but I let them know I'm not going to let you win. You've got it to do. You've got to beat me. But that's just uh, something I like to end, a, end on a positive note with the with my presentation. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, if people want to get in contact with you or ask you further questions or learn more about your story, do you have a email or a website that people could reach out and find you? Yes. Well, you can. Um, I'm I'm very active on uh, Facebook as Ricky Johnson Jr. Um, I also have an Instagram page uh, under Ricky Johnson Jr. Redemption of Ricky Johnson. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm still in the process of getting uh, a personal website. Um, it's under construction, and my my email is uh, Ricky Johnson uh, twelve thirteen fifteen at gmail dot com. Um, I'm a you, you, I'm available you know to, for any questions at all. I, I mean you're not questions don't offend me. I've been asked about everything you can imagine, been called everything you can imagine. So um, you know I, I don't have all the answers, but I'll never uh, give. I always give a very transparent perspective of my own and i'll never mislead you um with a lie or just with the guest or anything like that yeah awesome and you know um i was uh looking at some stuff the other day and uh, mm-hmm. you got appointed to the north Car- by the north carolina speaker of the house tim moore to the north yes. carolina cfac so the committee of consumer and family Advoc- advocacy what exactly yes. does that committee do Okay, so Chris, I got appointed to that about two years ago. Um, I've actually since I completed my term with that committee. What the committee does is, you know, basically my role with the committee was to advocate on behalf of um, the city, you know, people people in North Carolina that receive like uh, resources that have that are, that are in, uh, relative to substance use or, you know, the, even the veteran population. So we had, once a month we would meet uh, and just discuss pretty, you know, and 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 Chris, to be honest with you, my role in the committee was probably, um, how do I put this, much different than everybody else's. You know, most people on this committee had a lot of experience uh, with advocacy, uh, with, you know, with um, things, that I, things that I really had no experience doing. I'm, I'm a boots-on-the-ground guy. I'm a guy that's in the – you point me to the fire and I go to that. I'm a, I'm a you know, boots-on-the-ground guy. So my, my strength for the committee was just lived experience and just talking about, you know, what I see out in the communities where, I, you know, where I'm speaking at but you know the jails prisons or whatever so that was my role uh, with the committee and man to be honest with you when i applied to be on this committee i had no idea what i was getting into i mean it was when i when i started going to these meetings it was way over my head you know just the terminology and um things that i that i really had no idea i was just i was just lost and you know probably about six months ago or about a year ago i was going to resign i was going to step down because i was getting very busy with traveling and I just felt like, you know, I'm not really, I don't, I don't know what I'm contributing to this committee. And I was, I'll, I'll submitted a resignation. And they're like, Ricky, please, you know, please stay on this committee. We, we value what you, what you have, what you bring to the table. And so I finished my, my term out. But I mean, it was just pretty, it was, you know, to be, to be appointed to that committee, you know, as a three-time convicted felon, you know, that was a, it's, I don't know, I don't know if it's been done in this state before, but just the thought of, you know, being considered for that and trusted, you know, my, my my input trusted that was a that's something that was a, a big deal to me all right and the uh one of the photos that you put you tend to post uh mm-hmm. i think relatively frequently it's a note that landon wrote to you 
So when yes. did, when did you receive that note? Um, that was the the note that I I post. That's that's the letter he left me prior to his death. Um, I I think I received it a few days after um, his death. But uh, yeah, I've got it here. I have it here in my house, and I've I've got a photo. I've got a photo copied, laminated, and I take it wherever I speak at. I always carry it with me, and I let people read it and and share it with them. It's probably it's something that's very impactful that I shared in my presentation. Yeah, and uh, do you mind if I read that to uh, the people that are listening? Absolutely not. Please do. So the note that Landon wrote to Ricky is, Dad, I can't emphasize enough how much I love you. I can't emphasize enough how this isn't your fault. You're doing great, Dad. I love you. I'm sorry. And it's signed Landon. And, you know, just reading that uh, note gives me goosebumps and... Um, someone actually just sent a text in as well saying, oh, that's very chilling, which it is. And, you know, it puts everything into perspective with, you know, stress and all this other stuff can take a whole toll on your kids and other family members. And it's not just, you know, stress on you as a first responder, military, mm -hmm. trauma medical staff. It, it's almost on anything. And yeah. You know, one uh, another person sent a message in saying, you know, I see different signs and symptoms that my son slash daughter, so unsure um, exactly mm -hmm. what, keeps doing some strange behavior here and there, similar to like what you said, cleaning their room, which they never do, or whatever else. Yeah. How would you approach that to talk to them? Well, um, you know, before I answer before I answer this person's question, just please understand that, you know, I'm not a therapist by any stretch of the imagination. And um, when I share perspective, it's my perspective only. It's what you know I've what I experienced, um, and I don't give I don't give advice. And but I but I'm going to answer the question. But first, the reason I don't give advice to people, I'm never going to tell somebody uh, this is what you should or should not do. The reason I don't do that is because you know what works for me may not work for the next person, and also you know. If if I was to advise somebody this is what you should do and it doesn't work, it it puts me in a position to be blamed. But it also you know it causes if somebody looks at themselves in the mirror they're like you know why does this work for him and not me? It can it cause some it can cause some shame. So my my um I guess my answer to that question is you know just be, there's no blueprint approach there's no cookie cutter you know what works for all. Um, it's just to me it's about being present, uh, being observant. You know, having approach of compassion, but seek to understand, have try to have empathy, but also there's got to be accountability as well. Uh, for me, what I always my daily walk every day, Chris, is I'm committed to being the man that I once needed. OK, and, that, and that's and, how, and that's 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 uh, for each person that's um, situational, whatever, whatever works for them. I always, you know, I always ask myself when I'm speaking to a group of people or just just in general. You know, if I were them, would I listen to me? And if I were them, would I be inspired by me? Um, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with approaching somebody and just being like, yeah, I just want to check on you. Is everything okay? Like I said, it's a lot of times it's just it's about asking that, those difficult questions out of love. Um, and I hope that answers the person's question. But like I said, I don't want to tell you what you what you should or should not do. But that's just that's me personally. That's how I, I would I personally would approach the situation. Yeah, absolutely. And, but, you know. Uh, something else for them too is you can always call the suicide and crisis lifeline at 988 yeah. that three digit code because what they have at their fingertips is you know invaluable 
Um, you can get help for and, you know, really advice and info on how to handle certain things. Obviously, you know, they're trained crisis counselors, um, but mm -hmm. they can kind of really direct you and point you into a direction on what you should be trying to do or other people who might specialize in different things. I know that there's yeah. different uh, teen helplines and um, things of that nature that are specific for that. There's like the Trevor Project that deals with the LGBTQ youth crisis. Um, Kristen Brooks Hopeline, uh, which is the for people suffering from mental health issues, um, which is a national hotline as well. But definitely, you know, 988 is a great, a great, great tool um, to use. And again, you can call, text, or use that as an online chat 24-7 in multiple different languages. This new dialing call will route you to any, you know, of the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline where you're be connected with, the, as I said, those trained counselors. Um, and it's part of the existing National Suicide Prevention Lifeline Network. So yeah. uh, that's definitely a, uh, a huge thing right there. Um, you know, uh, Mike, uh, Ice Mike, who's usually the co-host on this, uh, this station, he's away at training, unfortunately. Um, but he is yeah. listening and he is tuning in. And he just sent a uh, text saying, please thank Ricky uh, for speaking to us. His strength is incredible and it's so appreciated. Um, so, you know, Mike, you hit it right there on the head. That is 100% true. Um, you know, I can't thank you enough, Ricky, for, you know, sharing your story with us um, sure. and talking about Landon. I know it's can be very difficult at times, but, you know, as we say at Hidden Battles, if we can just help one person, um, you know, who might be struggling, then, you know, we've we've done a good job. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Chris, something else that I, there's something I'm sure you saw my post the other day. I had a um, had a procedure done June 20 June 28th. I had a I'll be honest. I had a it's called a hemorrhoidectomy. So just do the math. It's a very very painful procedure. Um, long story short, man, I was I had, I had this surgery, and last week I posted a video um, in regards to my son's suicide and just some I was I had some I was sharing some other content. Well, I shared the video. Um, on this group page that I'm a part of in the neighborhood I live in called, it's called Carolina plantation. And that's like I said, the neighborhood I live in, this girl saw my video and man, it was, it was God, the way that we were connected. There's no other way around it. But, um, she sent me a message. She said, Ricky, she said, um, I know you probably don't remember me. She said, but I saw your video, um, today. And she said, I was your nurse, um, during your, your recovery. She said, and, she said, you, um, she said, you might have heard me, but she goes, as soon as I got you into your recovery room, I got a phone call and found out that my father had taken his life. And by me posting that video, that's what connected us. And she was like, actually, my nurse that, you know, the day that I had this surgery. So it was just, you know, just by us being vulnerable enough and open enough, you know, to share experiences. And I share 99% of my life, man, is I share publicly. And that's what, that's what, um, it's helped me connect with a lot of people, but also, People see through me. They're like, you know, you know, I'm not, you know, by me sharing these things, it lets them know that they're not the only one going through a, a struggle or a situation where they feel like that they're isolated or it's embarrassing or whatever. So that was something that was uh, pretty, you know, it was un it was a very unfortunate event for her. But the fact that you know we were able to connect through that and I've been able to support her was um, it's been pretty cool. Yeah, was that the one that you were at the gym or something and uh, you got a, like a Facebook message yes. or whatnot? Yeah, I, yeah, I saw it, that and I was like, wow. 
man, I was, I was, I was standing there reading it, and I almost dropped my phone. I just like I looked at my wife, and I was like, "You got to read this." I mean, it, it, it literally took my breath away just that how, how, in the moment, and powerful it was to think that you know I was right there with this with this nurse when she finds out the probably the most devastating news of her life, you know, and it's just that's what uh that's how we connected through it. But yeah, that's that's what I was talking about. That's just that you know again you just touched the lives of so many different people and it's you help so many just by you know through your words and hopefully encouraging those who you know are incarcerated or are turning to narcotics or opioids or whatever it might be Mm -hmm. um you know just thank you so much for uh taking the time out of your night um and coming on and having a conversation sure. with us. It's, it, it really means a lot, Ricky. I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate you guys as well. I mean, anything that um, you guys need from me, like I said, I'm, I'm open for, you know, you guys can, whoever's listening, you're welcome to contact me for any perspective that I have. Um, I'm an open book. Um, you're not going to offend me with a question. I encourage you to ask anything that uh, you may be curious about for sure. And uh, you know, Ricky, I, I want to uh, play a song in honor of uh, your son, Landon, we were talking earlier that uh, he yep. really liked Radiohead and Creep. So we're going to uh, play that uh, song for him. And uh, again, I appreciate uh, you taking the time to come on, and I'll be in touch with you soon. All right, Chris, I appreciate you, brother. Hope you hope everybody listen has a great night. Thanks again. Thanks, Ricky. Yes, sir. This portion of the broadcast was brought to you by... John Dot Credit Union. John Dot Credit Union has been helping members in the community for over 100 years. Credit Union's mission is people help the people. And at John Dot Credit Union, they support that mission by educating and guiding their members to make smart financial choices. Call them at 978-452-5001. Visit them online, jdcu.org, to learn more about how John Dot Credit Union can help you. All right, and that was uh, Creep the acoustic version by Radiohead. And, you know, again, uh, we just heard from Ricky Johnson Jr., who, as I said earlier, was a Marine veteran uh, based out of North Carolina. That's where he lives now. Uh, Grew up in Missouri. And he, uh, as I said, lost his son, Landon. This was Landon's favorite song, so in honor of Landon. We played Creep uh, for him. And if anyone, again, if wants to get in contact with Ricky, uh, he does have a website. However, it's still under construction, but his uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, I believe Instagram are on, on there, and it's rickyjohnsonjr.com. So that's Ricky, R-I-C-K-Y, Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N-J-R.com, and uh, that will bring you to his uh, page and you can connect with them on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, and uh, learn a little bit more about his story. And, you know, he says it the best, see the world as you want it to be and learn how to make it that way, um, which is very true. You know, it's, his story was definitely needed. It was one of those things that, yeah, he goes out, he touches the lives of so many when he does talk and travel, um, all over the place to tell that story about, you know, his past. And hopefully uh, somebody listening tonight was definitely, uh, you know, 
really learning from his words. And, you know, the main f- thing is, you know, being able to break out of that isolated mindset. It's just so important. And being able to share his story uh, is the best way to do that and in others. So, you know, Mike did say it uh, correct. This is uh, Mike from Hellfish Heaven. And again, uh, thanks, Ricky, for sharing your story. We're going to play a, another uh, song, a little bit more upbeat uh, and kind of on a different note. So we'll uh, play some Foo Fighters, My Hero, and uh, then we'll be right back on 980 WCAP. And that was My Hero by Foo Fighters. And uh, just going to, before we wrap up for the night, I just want to go over a few things. So we ended up talking about a lot of deep and heavy things uh, tonight. And, you know, as military veterans, first responders, trauma medical staff, we see a lot of things day in and day out in our jobs that, you know, we suffer in silence. Um, And just know that there is... A lot of help out there for you. Um, it may not seem like it, but you know, with us at Hidden Battles, we do activity-driven programs. Uh, we do peer support groups, and there's one held here every Tuesday in Lowell at the Greater Lowell YMCA uh, at 7 p.m. It starts, and we go until you know we can't go no more. So it's usually a little over an hour, um, and you can. Come and go whenever you really uh, want. It's 35 YMCA Drive in Lowell, right almost next to the train station down there. And it's, again, for military veterans, first responders, and you can even uh, bring your family if you so choose. And if that's not something that you can make, at the third Thursday of the month, we do a hero support group up at Operation Delta Dog in Hollis which is at 5.30 p.m. So there are those support groups up there. If for some reason you can't make any of the Tuesday nights because let's say you work or that Thursday, uh, the third Thursday of the month up in Hollis because, you know, your kid's soccer practice or whatever else, reach out to us. We will be more than happy to, you know, sit down, grab coffee with you um, and have a uh, chat about whatever might be going on. Some big things, again, uh, that are coming up is tomorrow, 6 p.m. at Operation Delta Dog is a family game night. Uh, It's hosted in collaboration with, obviously, Operation Delta Dog and Hellfish Haven. Um, It's a free event. Come on up, play with dogs, play games. It's going to be a a great, great event there. And we also have the Paint and Sip Night um, down at Hammer Studios in Drake It tomorrow. And that kicks off at 5.30. In the uh, future coming up is our Cornhole Tournament, which it's our seventh annual Cornhole Tournament and Family Day. Again, it's a free event. All you do is you pay to play. And obviously we have raffles. There's a cash bar. It's held at the Bunting Club again, right here in Lowell, right at the Tewksbury Line. Um, That starts... I believe bags fly at noon. Opening ceremonies uh, and registration start at about 10. But we have free food. We have canine demonstrations, touch a truck. So uh, we're always looking for partners and sponsors for that. And then the golf tournament is uh, two weeks after that on October 13th or Friday at Trellbrook Golf Course and Tennis Center up in Tewksbury. Uh, So there's tons of 
events still coming up, check out our new website at hiddenbattlesfoundation.org. You can contact us uh, through the website, through Facebook at Hidden Battles, um, email info at hiddenbattlesfoundation.org, and we have uh, no problem, you know, reaching out and getting uh, you whatever you might need. So, you know, thank you everybody uh, for tuning in tonight. It was a great show, and next week I have no idea who's really coming on, um, but I believe I'm flying solo again, and we will, uh, but I think Mike's going to be back in the studio with me, so we're definitely going to be talking more mental health uh, in the meantime, and if you have any, you know, questions, comments, or concerns, do buddy check-ins with people, and make sure that, you know, your loved ones, your friends, your family, coworkers. Um, are all right. I mean, I know Billy, for instance, sends a text to a lot of people every, I don't know, Monday, Friday, whatever it is, and just say, hey. So it is uh, a great thing to get into the habit of. I've been starting to do it. And, you know, just uh, tell those loved ones that you do love them um, before, you know, it might be too late. So we're going to end the night tonight with God's Country by Blake Shelton. Thank you for tuning in to Hidden Bells Radio. We'll see you next week.